on a series called Crash the Chatterbox. Yeah. Uh, many, many people think, they look at that and think, what chatterbox? There's a lot, a lot, a lot of chatter that's going on in people's lives. And, and that chatter can be a, a variety of different chatter that comes into our lives. Chatter of discouragement, intimidation, insecurity, uh, chatter of, of all kinds of different things. And if we listen to that chatter, it can keep us, from back, keep us back from what God has for us. And so I'm going to take you to a few scriptures. There's a lot that I have that I want to deposit in you today that I feel like the Lord's put in my heart. And I want to start out with 2 Corinthians chapter 10. And so let's look at that. If you brought a Bible, fine. If not, we've got it up on the screen. It says this. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy strongholds. What is a stronghold? Something that holds us back, keeps us back, keeps us bound, keeps us uh, from fulfilling what God has for us. Well, what is that stronghold? It goes on to tell us, we destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God and take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. Every bit of chatter that's coming into our lives, we need to bring it captive. It's interesting here that it says something about warfare, weapons, and, and that type of thing. And it is a spiritual warfare. There is an enemy out there that is tr- bringing all kinds of chatter into our lives. And how he typically does that, not all the time, but typically most of the time through our own thoughts. And, and, and he will come into our own thoughts by, by this chatter. And what happens is it, it creates a stronghold in our life, keeps us back from what God has for us. I think every one of us wrestle with that, fight with that, and we miss what God has for us. A matter of fact, uh, let me give you the basis for this whole series. And we, we, we've revealed this throughout this series. And I just want to uh, bring it to you again if you haven't been with us today. And that's this. The voice that we believe will determine the future we experience. The voice that we believe, the one that we, we buy into, the one that we listen to and, and we begin to believe it and act on it and, 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 and it becomes real to us and it becomes a reality to us. It's that voice that determines our future and the future that we experience. And too often, too many people are experiencing not what they really want in life. They're not experiencing definitely what God has for them in their life. They're experiencing what those voices have spoken. Sometimes it comes from the enemy and the inner me. That's where it comes from. And so we need to, we need to, we need to crash that chatterbox. We need to take our hammer out and crash that dude. Amen? And so, so let me give you some more scripture. I want to give you a lot of scripture today. Galatians chapter 5, verse 7 through 9. It says, you were running a good race, a great race, doing a great job. Who cut in on you and kept you from obeying the truth? That kind of persuasion, that kind of chatter does not come from the one who calls you. Get this, a little yeast works through the whole batch of dough. Sometimes it's just buying into a, a little lie, a little bit of chatter, and, 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 and many of you know what I'm talking about. You, you entertain it. You listen to it. 
And all of a sudden, that little seed that was sown, that little voice, that little thought or whatever, begins to grow into harvest in our life. And then we experience things in our life that we never wanted to experience or we end up what we never intended to end up in life. Has that ever happened to anybody here? I believe all of us have experienced that. And, and so today we're going to talk about the second of our four deepest needs that only God can meet, and that's called our identity, our identity. Uh, last week we talked about that, the first deepest need that all of us have that only God can meet, and we talked about our acceptance. We're all looking for acceptance many times when we don't find it, you know, in people, uh, we get angry, lots of different things we talked about last week takes place in our life and the reason is is because people are going to they're going to neglect us and they are going to reject us that's just going to happen in life Uh, that's why we've got to look to God otherwise we're going to always go from relationship to relationship from church to church from job to job from you know we're just going to we're we're always going to be on the go and never be satisfied never be happy and the reason is is we're looking to we're looking to people to only meet the uh, only Looking to people to meet the need that only God can meet in our lives. Amen? And so we talked about that last week, but today the same is true with our identity. Uh, we're trying to find our identity in, in, in a spouse, in a job, in a hobby, a, a profession, uh, uh, education, all kinds of different things. And we, we're not being satisfied. And uh, we're listening to all kinds of different chatter out there. And some of us are, are listening to lies like you're not good enough, you can't do it. Uh, all kinds of stuff, and we're going to talk about that here in just a moment. But I want to give you uh, uh, another bit of information. First of all, is that, and I read this a few weeks out of a book, that the average person on each given day is uh, thinking about 60,000 thoughts a day. That's a lot of thoughts. Uh, According to this book, 80% of those thoughts are negative. And so we're listening to all this negative chatter in our life, and it's a wonder why we end up where we don't want to end up in our life. And you can see that scripturally. A matter of fact, 2 Corinthians chapter 11, uh, verse 3, it says this, and really this is where we're going to center around, around Eve and Adam, but it says this, For I am afraid that just as Eve was deceived by the serpent's cunning or his chatter, your minds may somehow be led astray from your sincere and pure devotion to Christ. And, and, and the same is true. The same way that the enemy, Satan, came in and he deceived Eve and, and chattered and was talking to her and saying all these different things. She bought into it, believed it, acted on it. Uh, it, 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 it. It led her to a place where she wished she never would have, have traveled. In the same way that it happened for her, it can happen for us. And so we need to really take notice here of what is being said because it could happen to us if we don't take heed of what is being said to us. Are you with me? Let's listen to the right chatter. Let's listen to what God is saying to us so that we are where we need to be in our life. Uh, And so I'm going to take you to Genesis chapter 1. And I believe that the enemy works hard at bringing all this negative chatter because he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows, he knows. He knows if we buy into a lie. 
that it's going gonna, it's gonna to keep us back from God's best. It's going to keep us back from doing what God has for us to do. Impacting the people, building a great church in Tyler, Texas, going to touch around the world. Amen? Amen. And so he, he knows. He just knows. And so I'm going to take you to uh, Genesis chapter 1, and we're going to start at verse 27, 28, just kind of give you a, a snapshot of why the enemy attacks us with uh, all this negative chatter. And, and I'm going to give it to you here. It says, so, verse 27, so God created man in his own image. There's our identity. Our identity is in Christ. Amen. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Get this. Then God blessed them. Thank God for the blessing of God that's on our life. God blessed them and God said to them, be fruitful and multiply. Fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, and over everything that moves on the earth. There's three things here that we see that we were created for, that God created every one of us for, everyone, everyone. That's why we're here. He created us for these three things. And that, I believe, is why the enemy, it's my opinion, that that's why the enemy works so hard at coming against us. Number one, God created us to be productive. The Bible says to be fruitful and multiply. He wants us to be not maintainers here on this earth, but ground gainers, gaining ground all the time. Why? For his glory, to build his kingdom, to reach people, to make a difference, to help people get healed, to help people get set free, to help people through this journey in life. That's what God has put us here for, to be productive. And if he can get us buying into a lie, especially about our identity, and we're wrestling about who we are and, and the God that we serve, and we're wrestling with that whole idea there, then we're going to be busy doing with that, dealing with that wrestling than we are being productive with our life. Second thing here, he said, uh, he says, fill the earth and subdue it. God created us to be influencers. He wants us to influence people intentionally so that we can help get them to him in a, a personal relationship with him, and then ultimately helping them to fulfill what God has for them to fulfill in their life. Amen. So God wants us to be influencers. Let me tell you something. You will not be an influencer here on this earth if you have an identity crisis, if you don't know who you are. It's because we all have to become comfortable with being uncomfortable in our life. And that uncomfortableness is that we need to always be developing relationships with as many people as possible so we can influence them for God. Yes. We got to be stepping out of the boat. So who was it that was telling me about that? Uh, Julie was telling me about this morning. She felt like the Lord put it on her heart. Step out of the boat. We've got to step out of the boat and, and, and do what God wants us to do and not listen to all the chatter that would keep us in the boat. Amen. Amen? And so that's the second thing. The third thing that God created us to be and why I believe the enemy works so hard against us, bringing negative chatter that keeps us in a place of, of, of doubting our identity or knowing who our identity is in Christ, is that God created us to be leaders. The Bible says have dominion. On this earth. Have dominion. 
Have dominion, have dominion. God called us to have dominion. He called us to be leaders here on this earth. God wants you and I, every one of us, to be leaders. I believe everybody has a desire to lead somebody and help somebody to a better place than they are today. I think it's within all of us that we want to lead somebody to God, lead somebody to to the things of God, lead somebody that's going to experience God in their life so that they experience God's best in their life, right? I believe that every one of us are called to be leaders. Every one of us. Some will lead more than others, but we're all called to be leaders. And too often, because we struggle with who we are, we're not leading a matter of fact, we're, we're giving, in to, giving in to the voice of fear and we're giving in to the voice of insecurity rather than the voice of leadership that God had made us to be. That's good preaching. I don't care what you say. That's good preaching. All right? So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go all the way back to Genesis where, we're, where, uh, where Satan came in and he deceived Eve and we're going to see that it is progressive and there's things that we need to guard against and make sure that we're not allowing that enemy to come in and just pollute our minds and keep us from what God has for us. Our identity, our identity is so important. Our identity can be distorted and it can be destroyed if we don't understand these truths. And so here's what I'm going to do is I'm going to take you to Genesis chapter 1. I'm going to read from verse 1 to 6. So let's look at it and then I'm going to break it down. It says, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field. Now we read that in 2 Corinthians chapter 11 in the New Testament reflecting this particular passage of scripture. It says, now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of the tree of the garden. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat the fruit of the trees of the garden, but the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God has said. See, I'm, I'm still young. Do you hear my voice? I'm just, I'm just, I'm just, I'm just coming out of my teenage years. So anyway, or getting into it. Anyway, it goes on to say, God has said, you shall not eat of it, nor shall you touch it, lest you die. Then the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. For God knows that in the day that you will eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. And in verse 6, it says, So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, that it was pleasant for the eyes, the tree was desirable to make one wise, she took of the fruit and ate. She also gave to her husband with her and he 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 ate. He messed up. He, he went and followed suit, listened to her voice rather than the voice of God, and entered into that place of deception. And guess what? Identity theft took place. Their identity was stolen. And guess what? They found themselves hiding from God rather than being partnered with God, walking with God, doing what God wants them to do. They found themselves hiding from God. And I'm going to tell you, when we have a problem with our identity, that's what happens. Rather than partnering with God and moving with God and doing what God wants us to do, we have a tendency to hide from Him 
skirt around the things of God rather than getting in there and, 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 and walking with him full force. Is this making sense to anybody? So let's look at this. Let's look, about, let's look at how our identity is distorted and destroyed and how the enemy did it in the, in the beginning. We see in 2 Corinthians eleven three that that could happen to us, reflecting back of what happened to Adam and Eve in the very beginning. So first thing, the first thing it says that the devil did, that the enemy did, it says, has God indeed said, you shall not eat of every true tree of the garden? The first thing that the enemy does is he brings in doubt. Or doubts into our life. Doubts. He will, he will seed us. with, And it's progressive. He comes in with doubts. Did God say? Did God say you could really do that? Did God say that you are a child of God? Look at you. Look at all the mess you've made. Have you ever made a mess before? Man, you, 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 you're supposed to be godly. But yet look what you just did. Look what you just said. Just look how your attitude is. Look what, how you're acting. Has God really said that you're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus? Has God really, really said that you are the person that he says that you are? Are you really mighty upon this earth? Are you really, really the head and not the tail? Are you really the blessed instead of the curse? You know, you, you have all these different thoughts that come in. I, I was, uh, a couple weeks back, I asked our small group, uh, I asked them, I said, what kind of chatter do you wrestle with? And there's a variety of different uh, people that uh, gave me some feedback and from uh, just not feeling good enough or, or when I attempt something, I feel like I might fail or, or just the chatter of, of, of others maybe uh, talking about me when they really they probably aren't and uh it seems like there was a, a just a number of different responses and and I, I you know i thought you know those are all the things that i deal with or have dealt with or or yeah, i'm sure i will deal with the enemy's always going to come in with doubt and and by the way just because you have doubt come in and it flies across your mind doesn't mean that it has to land and nest you, 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 the, we read in Corinthians that you can bring all those thoughts captive. And so you're going to have some, some, some doubts, and, and, and that's okay if they come, but don't let them stop and don't let them stay for sure. Don't believe in them. You want to crash the chatterbox. You want to get rid of those doubts. I, I was thinking about my mother, and my mother and I, we, we actually clash and crash <laughs> occasionally yesterday. Uh, but anyhow, <laughs> did we, mother? Yeah, we did. And uh, I love my mother. But, you know, when she, and, and all of us have a past and, and the way we were raised and different things. And, and sometimes it's, it's, the, it's the chatter from your past that keeps you back in your, or keeps you from fulfilling what God has for you in your present and keeps you back from going into your future with all the power and the strength that God has for you. But even to this day, uh, my, my mother will struggle. Now, she has to crash that chatterbox, but she will struggle with feeling like, like she's a burden or she's in the way is what she says. And uh, it has to do with the way that she was raised, and her dad was... Uh, 
abusive and, and that type. He eventually got saved, thank God. He's in heaven today rejoicing and serving Jesus and, and all of that. But, uh, but anyhow, uh, she, she today will, will tell you some of the struggles that she still struggles with because of her past and some of the doubts that she has to deal with, some of the issues that she has to process and, 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 and sift through and, and I'm telling you here, I don't know, I don't know who, and if you know my mother, she loves God, she's bold, but she still, she still wrestles and fights uh, with some doubt in her mind. And, and, and you, you and I will also have to deal with it when it comes uh, our way. Uh, I think of different people in the scripture that had to deal with it. How many of you remember Moses when God appeared to Moses? He was in the back of the wilderness. He was tending sheep for his father-in-law. Been there about 40 years or so. And, And all of a sudden, and I don't know about you, but it freaked me out. There's this bush that started talking to him, burning bush, not just a bush, but a burning bush that started speaking to him. It was God speaking. Could you imagine tending sheep, whistling, just, you know, probably praising God, hopefully, and then all of a sudden, whoa, my gosh. <laughs> Take off your shoes. You're walking on holy ground. You know, God, God starts talking to him and telling him about his future and what God uh, wanted to do in his life. And I want you to see Moses' response in Exodus 3, verse 11. It says this, but Moses said to God, who am I? Who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and that I should bring the children of Israel out of Egypt? Listen to that doubt, that chatter going on. Who am I? Doubting who his identity and who God made him and created him to be. Who am I? Who am I? Who am I? Folks, we can't allow doubt to distort or destroy our identity. If we do, it's going to keep us back from what God has for us. And it could have kept Moses back. Thank God. God convinced him that he was to be a deliverer of the children of Israel. Second thing I want to share with you this morning that the enemy will use in in your life, our lives, is contradictions. Contradictions. The serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. She, he's, he just came and contradicted everything that God said. God said, if you'll eat of it, you'll die. And the serpent says, you will not surely die. The enemy will come in and he'll contradict what God says. The truth is, is that, is that everything, everything that we act on that is a contradiction to God, we will die. It will die. And uh, I, I have this little saying, I think it's in your notes. It says, if you don't like who you are because of who you're not, you'll never, ever be happy. And, and, and one of the things that will die in your life, my life, our lives, uh, when we have an identity crisis and we buy into what the enemy says, is one of the things that will die is our happiness. We just will not be happy. You will not be happy being, trying to be like somebody else. You will not be happy trying to, to, uh, to tailor your life after somebody else's pattern instead of the pattern that God has for you to be. The only time you're going to be happy, the only time you're going to be fulfilled and satisfied is when you are you, when you become a good you. And listen, I don't know about you, but I've been there before. 
uh, I, some of you heard this story, but when I first got married and I uh, married my wife, I tried to change her. I tried to make her into another me. God forbid that we have two of me's in one household. Well, actually, we have had two of me's in one household. And, uh, and so that was kind of fun. But anyway, it was 17 years, and, he, and then he moved out, and that was my son. <laughs> right? Gave him to my daughter-in-law. Praise the Lord. And amen, amen. And so, so anyhow, uh, it was a struggle. We were constantly uh, struggling, and and you know, I was trying to uh, to make my wife into me, and I was always. Not, not intentionally. I was ugly. I was trying to serve God. I didn't know any better. I was relatively young as a Christian, and and uh, and so I didn't know any better. And I was trying to change her, and we were constantly bickering and and that type of thing. And I was not not intentionally, but I was belittling her and suppressing her and putting her down because I was trying to make her to be somebody else rather than her and not appreciating who God made her to be. And until one day, God, I believe, spoke to me, spoke in my heart. And he says, do you not appreciate me? Do you not like me? There was the words, do you not like me? And I was like, what do you mean not like you? He said, I created her in my image. It moved me to the core. It did. I repented. I apologized. And I started changing my ways and my approach of how I I honored her, loved her, respected her. I appreciate my wife. I love my wife. What was interesting back then is I, prior to that revelation of God coming to me, not only did I suppress the, the woman of God that God made her to be, but I was jealous probably because she had some things going on that I didn't like some gifts and some strengths and some things like that. I was jealous. I, I, I remember just, uh, just being a, uh, dominant, uh, uh, figure in her life and just tell her what to do. I want to know everywhere she goes. Now she can come and go as she please. I don't care. You know, she's all right. God take care of her. I mean, I love her. I want her close, but you, you understand what I'm saying. That came out wrong. <laughs> I do care. I love you, babe. And, and so, so anyhow, anyhow, I just, I just, after that revelation came, uh, it did something. Not only it changed, not only did it change my perspective towards her, but it also changed my perspective towards me. The truth was, is that I didn't appreciate who I was. I wasn't liking who I was. I didn't realize how insecure I was because I had an identity crisis. I had, a, I had an identity issue in my own life. I didn't, it took me a long time, honestly. Honestly, I've been pastoring a lot of years. I've been pastoring now 20 years. And, uh, and prior to that, I've been in ministry pretty much all my Christian walk. And, uh, and I, I, I just... I, I just think that the, a, a good portion of that time, I, I didn't really care for who I was. Now I like me. And not everybody else will like me, but I like me. And that's okay. That's okay. When you're secure in who you are, 
and people don't like you, you know what happens? Or at least this is my heart. I feel for them because I think you don't know what you're missing out on. Because I know the God in me. I know the God that God's created me to be. And, and I know how God uses me. And it's not a prideful thing. It's just an acknowledgement of who I am in Jesus Christ. And, and when people reject me or, 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 or don't want to have any part to do with me, it's, just that it's like you're missing out on what God wants to do through me in you. And it, my heart really goes out for people, or to people because I genuinely love people. And I love to make a difference in people's lives. And it just, it's the joy of my life. It's, the, it's, it's what I live for. And it's because that's how God made me. I like who I am. And some of you need, to, you need to understand that God created you to be a person of greatness. And the, the chatter that you're hearing right now, even though it's contradicting God's word, you've got to shut it down. Uh, even though it may be convincing, you've got to shut it down because it contradicts God's, God's word. And Psalm 71 verse 21 says, You shall increase my greatness and comfort me on every side. Every side. He wants to increase the greatness. In order for him to increase greatness that's, our, that's there, it's already got to be there, right? Yeah. I mean, and bef- in order for him to increase the greatness, it's already has, it already has to be there. And so you're a person of greatness, folks. You are a person of greatness. And so that's, that's the second way that the enemy came in with the chatter that he came into Eve, that he'll come into us with just contradictions third way is imaginations imaginations he will appeal to your imagination he'll begin to paint a picture through words and again can be very very convincing it goes on or it says and i'll just recap uh, re- reiterate it says for god knows he said this for god knows that in the day that you eat of it your eyes will be open and you will be like god knowing good and evil he, he painted a picture of them being like God. They were already like God. Adam and Eve were already like God. He had already created them in his image. He's aligned. That's all I can say. Fill in the blank. Christian. Christian words. Christian words. Okay. He, he comes in and he, he, he paints this picture of, of man, if, you, if you'll buy into this chatter, this is, this is how you're going to be. You're going to be this and that and whatever. And, and we buy into it and we, we miss the mark of what God has for us. Adam and Eve were already like God. Wrong imaginations will keep you defeated. They'll keep you defeated. Remember when uh, David, he went to take some, some grub to his brothers? He went to take him some food and, and uh, some Chick-fil-A, right? Yeah. Some of you are hungry. Chick-fil-A's closed on Sundays. Tough. All right. All right. I just thought I'd throw that out. But anyway, he went to bring him some food. And, uh, and he goes over there and, 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 and this whole army... Would, would fall back and hide when this giant came out called Goliath. And what does David do? 
David looks at him and he says, who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he would come against the armies of the living God? In other words, what in the world are you guys doing? Why aren't you standing up to this guy? He's not even in covenant with God. He's nothing but a weenie. Needs to be chopped down. Bring him down. And then he goes out with a slingshot and brings him down. Right? And you hear the difference. Here's this teenage boy, young person. Let me tell you something. We as a church, we believe in young people. We believe in young people and we believe that there's great potential in young people. We invest in young people. We uh, mentor young people and we, we sow into young people and we allow young people to fulfill what God has for them because we believe that they can do great things that, because they've not been contaminated with all these, these, this chatter that has put them down. They've not bought into the lies and and they still see themselves as doing great things. My grandson, he's a superhero every day. Grandson, what superhero are you today? And he'll tell me. And it's, it's like, go, go, boy. Yeah, he's a superhero. I love my grandson. He's awesome. He's mighty upon this earth. Amen. But the older we get, the older we get, we seem to lose that. We seem to lose that that. that imagination of being great and doing something great. I believe God put it in us from inception that he, we were created that way. That he created us to do something great with our life. Amen. I think of a young man that uh, walked through our doors one day two years ago, August. This coming August will be his two-year anniversary. He walked through this door and had a great Christian background, but... Uh, wasn't very secure in where he needed to be in Christ. And uh, he walked through this door, and I saw something special in this guy. And by the way, you are a pace setter, sir. You are a pace setter. I've been speaking that over you for years, a couple years anyway. I've been speaking that over you. You are a pace setter. I saw something in this young man. And... uh, and he had gotten into trouble. He had gotten away from God. Kind of dabbling in this, dabbling in that. Doing things he shouldn't do. Some of you know what I'm talking about. It's where you're at. It's okay, no condemnation. We want to help you. And I believed in him. I, I brought him in. I began to love on him and... And speak into his life and chatter in his life and speak and speak and speak and speak until, and he struggled. He's, we've talked and he struggled about uh, his identity and struggled through who and what he could be doing with his life. And, and now it's like, let's go, let's go kill some giants. Let's go, let's go do this. Amen. And I'm talking about our student pastor, Jacob Ball. Yeah. 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 And we've got many others that have done the same thing, and, 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 we, I, I, and I could sit here and, and brag about everybody. But let me tell you something. Too often, too often, we're listening to the wrong chatter. Uh, God sent the children of Israel in to spy out the land, and, 
and he sent uh, 12 spies in to spy it out. Ten came back, and guess what? They brought back an evil report, kept back everybody. Let me tell you why they brought back an evil report. It's because they had an identity problem. If you look at Numbers chapter 13, verse 33, let's bring it up here. It says there, we saw the giants, the descendants of Anak came from the giants, and we were like grasshoppers in our own sight, and so were we in their sight. We're royal priesthood, the Bible says. New covenant, new covenant believers, we are priests and kings. We are called to do great things with our life. I want to read something to you out of the Message Bible. Love it. First uh, Peter chapter two verse nine and ten it says, "But you are, you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for a high calling, calling of priestly work, chosen to be a holy people, God's instruments to do His work and to speak out for Him, to tell others of the night and day difference that He has made for you, made for you." From nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. That's the God that we serve. And that's the God that we are like as Christians. We have been born again. We are like him in Jesus' name. Amen. Bow your heads, would you please?